We talk a lot about community on this podcast, what it means to be a part of one, how to contribute to your own, and the things that keep them healthy. I think one of the most important components of a community is having a safe space to gather, a place where people can congregate and be around like-minded individuals. Insanity Board Shop is one such place located in San Antonio, Texas. Captained by Aaron Mohammadi, the shop has been around for over 10 years now and supported various skate events in that time. Aaron himself is actually planning out a pretty big event for the 2024 distance skateboarding calendar. It is a three-day event happening in his local area of San Antonio consisting of about 160 miles. Should be quite the challenge and I think a lot of you are going to be excited to hear what he has to say about it. Without further ado, let's get to the episode. I'm Max Frank. Thank you for listening. Hello and welcome to Skating in Circles. I'm here with Aaron Mohammadi. Aaron, how you doing? Good, good. How you doing, Max? I'm doing good. So, uh, first question I like to ask everyone is, where are you coming from? Like, where do you live? Where do you call home? Um, so, my whole life I've called San Antonio my home. I'm I'm in San Antonio right now. Um, that's where my store is located in San Antonio, Texas, also. Awesome. And you own Insanity Board Shop, for those who don't know. Aaron's been in the scene for a very long time. And when did you start, actually, real quick, when did you start Insanity Board Shop? Um, we first opened in 2012. But yeah, it was on the back. It was I was doing business plans about it back in 2011, 2010, in college also. Wow. And then it just it came to life in 2012 and started you know, opening up store and everything like that too. That's cool. So you were into skateboarding at that time, but when would you say like the first you know, time? Well, we, if you want to be, we were into longboarding at the longboarding. time. We didn't okay. do skateboarding at all back then. All right. So um, specifically longboards. No, yeah, the store was full of longboards. There's maybe like a hundred to 120, you know, longboards in there, decks and then wheels and trucks longboard trucks and lots of wheels to choose from like my full budget was going towards longboard gear hardly any clothing so you could just imagine like everything was longboard related as as far as it could go on there that's cool like like kind of like you know um motion board shop tries to do that like it's just mostly longboards in there right now right right Nate blackburn cool yeah um so when was when was your first time riding i guess and like what what got you into this whole thing like or did you um, even ride before then, or did you just open up a shop? No. So when I was growing up, I didn't do skateboarding or longboarding. Um, not until I was like seventeen. I like my cousin in California had like a skateboard I borrowed. Um, and when I got back, I I got a longboard for myself at Zoomies, like a pintail. Um, but it was just like something I just picked up later on in life. Um, Growing up, I did like every sport imaginable out there. Eventually, got really good at like swimming and water polo. Oh, really? That's why, I like, you know, I feel so connected. Like, distance skating seems kind of easier to me because I was doing a lot of, I uh, used to do repetitive swimming all the time. Sure. And that, that's like an endurance sport. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice. So, uh, you started a, a, a board shop called Insanity <laughs> Board Shop. Has it always been in San Antonio? 
Yeah, yeah, it's always been San Antonio. We, we were just at one location for like the first three years, and we moved closer to uh, UTSA, the university nearby. So what's what's new with the shop? Any any new news lately? I know you. I saw you had the uh, the Pokemon skateboards. Those were really cool. You had a bunch those, of those. Those were cool. That that's just something that kind of just like sells out really fast. Um, and then a lot of people afterwards just calling to see if we still had them before we were going to get more in. It was a lot of phone calls for that kind of oh, stuff. That was one too. of those. Yeah. That too. Yeah. <laughs> It's 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 fun from the outside's perspective, but from the inside, it's more like it's just like hectic and kind of it can get to you after a while because you're like, I just am tired of talking about that drop. And I'm like, okay, let's just move on to some other drop. Yeah, because it just it's just like a it's like a quick money grab. They want to get you hooked onto one little thing, and then it's not you're not gonna see it again. Yeah, super it's trendy. Like, it's like, kind of like a hype. I call it, a lot of people do it too, it's like the hype thing. It's just hype mm-hmm. and then it's gone. Yeah. I thought it was cool that you were able, you were able to get some, you know, because mm-hmm. of yeah. how like, I guess not rare. I guess kind of rare, but you know, it was cool to see. No, yeah. Someone did pull a golden Charizard in the store. Um, only two people opened their box, their bag in the store. And they both got Charizards. One was gold and one was silver. Um, but yeah, the, the golden one is like one of 50 of that deck. I feel like a lot of people bought them because of the whole Pokemon, the card crate. Like everyone's going crazy for yeah, the cards yeah. right now and stuff. Right. It's only natural. Uh, but yeah, anything else going on? Like uh, you were at the Rock Around the Rock race, right? Did, did you guys sponsor that? Yeah, yeah, we did sponsor that event. I just didn't know if I was going to be able to make it with the kids. And the past couple of years, I hadn't even gone out to it just because of the drive. And then also up to Dallas and my injury, my ankle injury. Mm-hmm. You know, last year and this year is the first two years I felt like, you know, really good as far as I need. I can LDP at the same kind of speed, the same kind of speed before I broke my ankle. It's not giving me kind of like any kind of problems or anything like as far as like it hurting or feeling weak. So these past two years, I've been like getting better and faster as I can get back to like before like 2019 or 2018 when I was pushing a lot miles too. So yeah, I went out to that event and I, and I raced in there too with the, with the guys. Nice. Um, it was supposed, it was super wet and rainy. Um, it was moist when I was driving up there, like foggy and all mm-hmm. that I was driving up there and we knew it was going to be wet and it just rained the night before. Um, so the area was kind of was really flooded. Uh, there was like these big puddles all over the place that were just flooded. And if there wasn't flood, there was like maybe a little bit of mud, or there was like some cr- there was like broken tree limbs and things like right. that. <laughs> it was kind of sad to see, but there was all this litter that was washed up from the river as well from the lake. Um, that was you could see on the on the lake shore too, which is kind of which was sad. But yeah, I just kind of I was like. If you know me, I like to pick up recycling and recycle. So I just like, talk, I always saw myself when I see that. And I'm like, race. I'm like, don't look at it, just race. Just look at the race. <laughs> you're, you're here to race. You're here to race. You're not here to pick up trash. You're here to race, Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So you said you broke your ankle. Yeah. Yeah. And that was from earlier. We kind of talked about it. You just were riding a different setup and it was a little yeah, too Yeah. So I'll just go over briefly. So in 2020, like in September, 
of 2020. I broke my ankle. I dislocated it in a fracture. Um, and they had to put metal and surgery on me, on my ankle, on my right ankle. And I was out for like nine months or so. As far as like recovery goes, you know, learning how to getting comfortable walking again, you know, putting weight on my ankle, all this muscle, you know, physical fit therapy I had to reduce, I had to go through as well. And just a long period of like waiting and like slowly walking around with like brace or like an ink, you know, those kind of things until I eventually got to an actual shoe and all again. That time was also the busiest time ever at Insanity or at any, any skate shop in, in the country was really busy and confusing that time. Um, so there was like, I, I could chill, but I could, but I still had to be working a lot. I still had to be, you know, 100% attention to Insanity. And that's, that's all sometimes it is like, I just have to concentrate on my time on insanity and like, I can't skate as much. Like I have to concentrate on a shop or it's like other times in the past, I've like, I've been out to races. I'll go out to this race, go to that race. I'll go cross country touring and all this stuff previous years or whatever. Yeah. Uh, usually all over the place. So you, it sounds like you followed, followed the protocol as far as like wearing the brace Taking it yeah, easy. I really followed my doctor's recommendations on everything. I'm like, you know, how long to wait and just when to eventually get back on there. I was like, I'm not going to get on a board until he says, you're good. No more visits. You're good. Okay, cool. I'm going to go back to skating. And then when it was finally time to ride again, what what mm -hmm. did you do to to get stronger, get uh, get the strength back? Um, I mean, I, I wore a brace, a little like light brace at first. It was nothing too major, but it was a, like a light one. And then eventually I took, I stopped wearing that sleeve and I just started pushing like normal. Um, you know, it just, you have to get, you know, tell yourself that, that yeah, you fell, but you're going to, you know, you're not, you're not, it's not going to happen all the time. You, you have to get past that fear and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, and then just get back to getting comfortable pushing. Um, and I would, I was already, my ankle was super strong and everything cause I'd waited so long too. So it wasn't like it was super weak anymore. Uh, I'd given it so much time to rest and prepare that it was ready to go. I just need to make it stronger. Like it just happens over time. Yeah. And I can't just like make, like tell your ankle, get stronger. It's just going <laughs> to happen over time. <laughs> yeah. So what, when did you, cause the reason Part of the reason why I'm so surprised is because I don't really remember you being injured. Mm -hmm. I remember you riding at events. Like, for instance, you were at Ladiga this past year. You did a team ultra in 2023. Mm -hmm. Were you 2022? Were you there? I assume 2021 yeah, so you were. I was there, but I only did 60 miles or so. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I could have done like, say, 100 if I wanted to. It's just I needed 60 to get to 2,000. In total miles, like yeah, Miami Ultra. That's cool. And I was like, okay, that's that's enough for me, because my ankle was already feeling it a little bit too. You know, my ankle was like, you, you're pushing it. You're not. This isn't like you're perfectly fine. Like you're not. Like you've done sixty miles. You need to. You need to. You're gonna feel this really badly if you continue going past hundred and go to like, oh, I'm gonna do one hundred and fifty. You know, your ankle is going to get really, really tired and worn out. You're not going to be wanting to walk to the airport to walk <laughs> to the flight to get back home. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I've had those times in the past where I've struggled to get to the to my gate or my terminal, get on a plane and go home. So I just I know that kind of feeling 
as, mm-hmm. as you probably do too. Yeah. It's happened. So actually from Miami one, one year we missed the flight. And ever since then I have like a recurring nightmare of, of missing a flight. And like, it's like an element of my dreams now. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's cool. 2000 total miles at Miami Ultrascape. That's really impressive, which doesn't even include the miles you've kilometers, I should say, you've skated out in at the Dutch. Yeah, it doesn't count the Dutch ones even. That's cool. So, yeah, Insanity Board Shop. Um, definitely check it out for your ne- for all, all your skateboard needs or whatever, you know, anything you, you're you looking for. That's usually where I go. Um, I just got, what did I get? Risers, I think I got recently from you. Yeah. Um, lots of good stuff. Yeah, you ordered some riser package from us. Yeah, so the main topic of today's uh, episode is actually an event you're trying to put on. Yeah. Oh, we didn't even go over the Rock Round and Rock thing more. Oh, yeah. Let's pedal yeah, back then. Yeah, off topic. We were talking about my ankle when we got off the the rock around the rock at all. You're right. Yeah. How was so? Yeah. How was the event? I guess. Um, it was good. You know, it had all the all the rain and, and the tree branches and everything everywhere. Um. Th- so the first race is like a nine mile loop around the lake. Mm-hmm. And normally it's fine, but because of the big puddles and all, like you had to get off your board and run around them at some points and like transfer back to the road. Because people just like didn't want to get super wet, and my bottles kept on falling out of my pocket, <laughs> uh, so I had to pick over and pick them up. And Classic. yeah, people got ahead of me, and I ended up I don't know like sixth or seventh or something. Um, one of my teammates from the Ultra Skate, Tyler, he got first place. I we kind of already knew that he was going to get first place. Um, he's really fast and he's young. He's like 25, 20, He's like twenty seven, I think. Uh, I tried getting back into it after we got to a good part where it was just like it was more or less big puddles. Uh-huh. But it's such a s- short nine mile loop, and you have everybody's pushing at the same time at a good pace, so it's really hard to catch everybody. Um, but I did catch a couple of people. Oh, that sounds so fun. There was one part, you know, we were starting it in our, that area. There's the puddles just like so big it was up to your, like almost your your waist, pretty much. What? Yeah, that's yeah, gnarly. It was really flooded, um, and then it continued on for a marathon. So it was a marathon portion where you could continue on to it if after the loop round, and then you had to do another loop round after. So it like went straight out, and then it came back and looped around again in the lake. Two loops on the lake, um, and then the marathon I got third place in. Nice. Yeah, it it was just you know broken tree limbs, you know skipping through like mud, trying not to fall over. And all too. So no, no, like records were broken, but it just is like you know record of finishing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love finish. that. Well, the nine mile distance mm-hmm. is such a fast race where it's like you start falling behind and like so like compared to yeah. like a day yeah. at Ladiga or something like that. It's like oh, you, you got time. You might be able to catch up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anything can happen, you know. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, what was it? Day two of Ladiga one year, I got really ahead of everybody. And it wasn't until 30 miles out that, that y'all actually caught up to me. Yeah. And it was a train of y'all. 
catching up to me and then you passed me up and it but it was it took like a whole 30 miles to do it that's yeah. how long it takes sometimes just to catch up to somebody even though yeah you're pushing faster but you're both pushing at good speed too at the same time unless exactly. somebody has a mess up it's not it's really hard yeah yeah fall so it was a nine miler and a marathon and the way it worked is it was one start so you just continued after the nine miles right yeah, you just continued after the mine and into the marathon. I miss those short events. You know about all yeah. the the five k, ten k's that used to go on. Oh yeah, yeah, all the, all the bigger races, all the races in like the Washington area. Yeah, and then there were a bunch in Florida Northwest. and South and East Coast. Always had something going on. Mm -hmm. um, be nice to bring some of that back. Actually, right now, as we're speaking, is the Maytown Marathon going on in mm. at skate camp scott Ziegler's oh yeah 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 camp. the skate camp one yeah so yeah it's the second cool. one they've been doing that too yeah that's serious it looks like a fun time that's that's see that kind of stuff is like the more like the neighborhood kind of skate where it's just like it's, it gives it brings a community into it mm -hmm. it's not really about money or it's not really about big entry fee or big costs money thing from it behind it it's just a community kind of get together and skate which is really like good also to have yeah it's like a planned everyone plans uh vacation for the same time mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's kind of nice to segue into into your event then right yeah um, yeah this is um, uh something you're trying to put on in your area inspired by chief ladiga i remember you talking about it at the ladiga race you were like i want to do this thing it's three-day event yeah yeah um, so yeah, let's, let's break it down. Let, let's like, quick yeah, overview. So it's an event that like, you know, the trail has been like being built as I was starting to distance skate. Like I started skating, distance skating on this trail called Leon Creek trail back in 2010, 2011. And I was like using it to, you know, sometimes just push around or make fun, you know, have fun pretty much. Mm -hmm. I was just in college joking around kind of skating and Eventually, they just started adding to it. I found it was this Lotto Creek Trail. They started adding to that one. They were eventually connecting it together. Um, and I was doing all these races, like Chief Ladiga, where I was just, you know, I started that in 2013. And I was like, eventually, they're going to probably connect these trails in some way, thinking in my head, they're going to connect them in some way. Mm -hmm. And it's going to make it super long, super long. And that'd be really good to have a race at. Because, yeah, Chief is fun and it's, it's a good race. and But you know, the pavement sucks in a lot of parts of it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's straight. It's so straight. You could look down it for like half a mile and see somebody skating basically, you know, for the next half mile. And you, you can just see them off into distance. Yeah. Even more than that in some spots. Right. Like <laughs> yeah. Like that's how y'all saw me for so long. Like I was like way ahead of y'all, but I was like, they can still see me. Like they're far back. Yeah. But, and that, but like at this one, it's just S curves. There's S curves and curves and curves to it. You can see maybe like one tenth of a mile in front of you, pretty much. Oh, nice! Because you're always taking a turn, another turn, or you're always going downhill, or you're going uphill. Right. Um, it's never. It's hardly ever just a straightaway. There's only like there's some sections that are really straightaways, but there's just it's a very minimal of it. It's more like constantly turning or constantly like look like carving and turning doing downhill or going uphill 
that adds a really interesting dynamic to the whole race yeah, part of it yeah. because it's like oh like you're saying you know you see someone it's easier to catch them mm-hmm. or easier maybe it's not easy i don't know whatever it just changes things right and, i mean uh, someone could be really ahead cool. of you and you think that you don't know that they're not really as far ahead of you as they are it could only be like you know point one five ahead of you and you, but you you haven't seen them in a minute so you think they're like really far ahead of you and then you're like oh shoot there they are yeah they're like one corner you're not gonna see them but another corner you're like oh they're just right there i have to know they're they're not gonna go crazy fast ahead of me just around the corner or you know someone sneaking up on you right that would be like, yeah yeah you don't you know someone's right behind you but they're not but they're not that far back yeah too as well we've had little races uh, on this on this trail in the past like in the community in san, in san antonio Mm-hmm. Where we've gotten like ten to twenty guys out there, and we've done like a you know certain distance on it. Oh, cool! Like maybe it's a good sprint, or so it's never really that far. Not many people want to push like over thirteen miles. That's fine. Yeah, that makes yeah, sense. So, <laughs> yeah, most of my races in San Antonio, the LDP ones, have just been like like half a marathon or less, pretty much. And for this one, you're trying to do something bigger. You're saying yeah, this one like the first all. day is seventy-seven miles. Yeah, and and that's not an easy task. It's it's just like doing ninety-three at Chief Odiga kind of style. Mm-hmm. It's it's not going to be easy. <laughs> um, nice. it, it, and it ha- and they're different. They're both different in their own way, you know. Um, so yeah, it's both are different. Chief Odiga has like there has um, points where you want to just get off your board and walk up it in Trash Mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I do. I know that some some of the faster guys, you know, just skate through it somehow. Right, um, Adam or Ellis. Yeah. I'll just walk because I'll, then I'll conserve my energy for the rest of the event, for the, for the rest of the time. Sure. I'm just like, this is such a short part of it. Why am I going to exert so much energy if I know I'm not going to finish in like the top three people? Right. I'm not going like, to right. winning the event. I'm not going to, I don't need to exert myself that much. Um. But this one at Leon and ours, there's moments like that too, where you want to, you want to think, oh my God, I need to get off my board. Do I need to just, is it better for me just to walk up this big hill or should I continue pushing? Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's that point too. And there's also downhills where you're going to have to like slow down and, and foot brake and watch out for cyclists and walkers and dog walkers and mm-hmm. poop on the trail, that so- kind of stuff. So a question about this, we're talking about in comparison to Ladiga, I think that that's a good thing to compare it to. And Ladiga is one trail, right? Over uh-huh. three days. Your event is also three days, but the, when I read up on it, it looks like it's actually three different trails, like, like different sections yeah, of the trail. Yeah, it's not so necessarily, it continues from the day before, right? No, like one day you'll finish a trail. You'll finish like the first day you'll finish the whole Leon Creek and Salado Creek trail. Mm-hmm. And then the next day you'll start off somewhere different, like South Salado and, and so on. Um, but yeah, that is because you just, it, they just don't connect yet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, later on, like in 15 years, it'll be done, but it's just like they eventually connect more and more of it as time goes on. Um, so where it starts out, you're, you're pushing a lot of uphill up until like, you get to like an S curve and it's, and it just like, it's a big, like switchbacks kind of style. You're just pushing up switchbacks all the way up to the top of this hill. That's like 
massive hill area. That's all. This is all new stuff they just added after I broke my ankle and all, um, and came back. Um, you push through these S curves until the top, and then it connects you down to Slotto Creek afterwards. And you have to bomb through some stuff, but it's just it's difficult. It's not easy. Um, after you know, some of it's you know, there's a downhill. To every downhill, there's an uphill. I say, right. So for every downhill you're going to go, there's going to be an uphill. You had to go back up at it eventually at some point. Um, so there's some points are super easy. And then there's, you're like, but you're know, like having the back of mind, you should have the back of your mind that eventually I'm going to be pushing back up this hill. And it's going to be extremely hard. Mm-hmm. If you're, especially if you're going like, say like 20 to 25 miles an hour. Yeah. You know, yeah, on like unfamiliar territory, switchbacks, stuff like that. It, it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And it, it's the weekend. So there's going to be a lot of people on the trail. There's a lot of cyclists on the trail that just like they ride in packs and they like to go fast. Uh, so you just kind of have to like be aware of like what's around you and just tell people like on your left or I'm coming up between you. And a lot of people don't know how to use a trail, use a trail at all on their on there. Right. I think that's, yeah. that's the next big thing is like this whole idea of trail etiquette mm-hmm, and that there's, mm-hmm. you know, if you're the slowest person, if you're walking, you're the slowest vehicle on the trail. Right. So. Right. But people were like, you like walking in one direction, like three wide walking in one direction, but you can't, so you can't go around it and you have to like, yeah, yeah. everything like I'm on your left, I'm on your left and get their attention. And, shit. and then they act like, yeah, you're, so rude for passing like they own the road they own the trail or so and you're like come on yeah you know i I think that's just part of it like Mm -hmm. i've definitely been walking on a trail and and been in the wrong yeah you know what i mean like i've screwed up that too before so yeah i can understand it and even as a skateboarder i've you know maybe swerved or carved Mm -hmm. uh too much in the road or whatever you know we all make mistakes but i think uh, that's a really good point to call out if your race is or your event, you know, has a lot of people on the trail, making sure people know your, uh, your riders, right. The people you're responsible for know the etiquette. Right. And, and there's, I've come up on like other events on that trail randomly. And I'm like, Oh shoot, there's a running event that's happening on this Saturday. I need to be very careful. Like they're, they're just running around me and there's all these runners everywhere. So wow. I'd be very careful when I don't hit anybody or just like go with the flow of the traffic and ride through it. Um, yeah. I've had it happen several times with me. Uh, and then this one is very different from Chief. So Chief has that long section on the first day that's really rough pavement for about like 20 miles. Right. You know, um, here it's there's no like really bad rough pavement like that. There's some areas that, are, that might be under construction or they might have low construction at. It might be loose rocks at in areas. They did some parts of the trails that have like these stone rocks that like, like art kind of architectural kind of look to it. Mm. And it's not that great to push through, but you can just like cruise through it and then we push it later on. Like you'll, you'll just be like bouncing through it, but you can push through it if you want to, but I wouldn't push very fast through it you could lose your your balance pretty easily in there if you push really fast in there i know what you're saying um, it's like a wobble almost metal bridges metal like wet bridges because it's going to be in the winter sometimes the bridges can get wet in the morning 
Right. Um, but it's just middle like bridges that have like separation gaps all the way across. I mean, I, I kind of just cruise through those area, but yeah, I wouldn't recommend like pushing super fast to them. Okay. You can lose your balance pretty easily. You can slip out, especially if it was wet. Yeah. So there's a couple hazards, but nothing yeah. you wouldn't expect on a normal trail that's yeah. this long. And so I, I was reading it. It looks like you have quite a few aid stations too. Um, yeah, there, there are. Um, I kind of wanted to implement, you know, kind of like Chief does, mm-hmm. whereas like all these aid stations are like there's one every like 20 miles or so. Right. Um, so I kind of did it similar to that. And then there's all these points where you could you could get off the trail somewhere too. Or you could take the wrong turn. You're going in a different direction. You jump on a different trail. Um, so I'm going to have to mark off those parts too the mm-hmm. day, days before. What are you going so you know to use to mark it? Certain route. What, what do you think you'll use to, to mark it out? Like some sort of colored ribbon or? Chalk. Chalk? Yeah, chalk on the ground because like anything else I have to go back for. If I put a bunch of cones down, I have to go back for a bunch of cones. Sure. If I put a bunch of, you know, ribbon down, I'd have to go back for ribbon and pick it up later. And plus people can knock them over. People can take them out of the way too. Can't steal Uh, chalk once it's on the pavement. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it's a mix of like asphalt, concrete, and then like pavement, like blacktop pavement too. Mm -hmm. It's a mix of both uh, throughout the trail. Okay. Are you worried the chalk might wash away or do, do they make chalk that doesn't wash away as easily chalk the chalk won't it, it's not gonna it, it probably won't be wet like super wet that day um but it just it, it as long as you do it thick enough it's not gonna it's not just gonna like wash away yeah cool i think that's a good idea mm-hmm. and, and then most of it like if you're skating within a group you're gonna just go just go with the flow of like everybody else is going on on the trail like if you see it just looks like it's a wrong direction. That's probably not the right direction to go with, go on. Yeah. You know, do you go straight or do you take this left that random left that comes out of nowhere? You know, you should continue going straight, you know? Have you considered like making a Strava map of it or some, or some sort of route? I have, I'll, I'll, I'm going to be posting uh, to the trip, to the route to, to the Facebook group. It's just that it's such a small it's so big. It's so covers so much distance that you could, you're not going to see all the little wrong directions you could make mm. until you're actually there in front of you. Um, and some days are harder to, to remember than other days on like which route to go, which direction to go to. Okay. Um, but after you do day one, you know, it's the hardest day. I have only completed it once on my own personally. Um, I probably could have completed it more times. It's just that, you know, recovering yeah. my ankle and then just, it's just like, it's so hard to, it, it really tires you out. Uh, it's like a 93 of chief. Um, it, and you, and I've been most of the time I do it solo. So it's not like I have anybody with me to help me too. So, uh, so yeah, I have, a, I have a question about that for you as someone who's ridden long distance for a while, 77 mm-hmm. miles solo. How much harder is that than doing 77 miles at an event? Uh, I mean, so like at an event, you have somebody that can pass you a water. You have somebody that can give you some food or something like that if you need to. When you're not doing it solo, it's just whatever you bring on your on your backpack. Um, I leave an extra couple 
uh, like water bottles in my car and I just go back to it to get the, in the cooler and get the, get them when I come back to there. So I don't like do it all in one direction and one back. I, I like cut it in half in some area so I can get my, get two more water bottles and then do the other second half of it. So um, that, like that's that. going to cut your like, pace big time. But like, what about mentally? Don't you think it's a lot harder? I, I'm just personally, you start, you're like, you have to hydrate, keep yourself hydrated. Um, you know, you have to get water at some point too. Um, it it kind of like, you kind of also just like stuck out there. You're like, if you, you have to remember, like, you can't just like, you don't have anybody to call on. You don't have somebody to come pick you up. If you get, if you get a like, cramp and you're stuck somewhere, if you get injured. Um, so you have to just like, take it a little bit easier on the skating too. Also. Yeah. I don't treat it like it's a race. I just go out there and push at a good, like training kind of pace on, on there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So 77 miles first day, That'll be fun. Right. That'll be brutal. Sounds like a lot of elevation gain and some downhill to go with the, mm -hmm. the climbing. Um, what's day two looking like? So day two, kind of the future is that the end of like halfway of day one, when it finishes off on Slotto, you have to turn around and go back. And the day two start will eventually connect. Okay. But but it goes through a military base and all that, so it's taken forever on that. That's like taking almost ten years right that now at sense. this point. Yeah. Um just get the route that they want to go with on there. It'll eventually get finished though. But right now day two goes through South Slotto and it continues on um down there all the way to South San Antonio and it and areas too. Um, goes around a, a really big lake down there also on South Salado. It's called South Lions Park. Oh, cool. It goes through that area. And that's a one area where you kind of just like, you're just like, which direction do I go? Because it's like a newly added area of the trail. And you can't all have to like really mark it down on there because it just takes you to it and you have to take a random left, get back onto the trail. And if you don't, you're just going to, you're just going to end up going around the, the lake, you know? It's, it's not a big lake, but you're just, you're going up, you're end up going around it. Um, but yeah, there's more S curves, there's more turning, there's more uphill, downhill areas. Day two is really easier. It's more flatter in, in areas. So it's not as hard. There's still some like rough pavement section, but not, doesn't like last very long, mm -hmm. like really rocky, bouncy. It doesn't last very long too. Um, and then after you go through that Lions Park um, lake, there's like a big S curves where you, you really can't just like ride down it. Oh, okay. You have to like get off your board and like walk it and then move move your board and stuff. Cause most of our boards just don't make those, those turns that's that gradually that sharply. You Sharp, know? Yeah. Yeah it'd, yeah. it'd be like uh Paul Kent doing the chicane, Right, yeah. sliding you know you kind of have to slide it out if you want to hit it and that would be if there is no one there right it sounds like these trails are pretty traffic sometimes they're probably even if there's no one there it's it's really it's very really tight and technical in there right in that area um and i would just say take it easy easy through there is like if you can't see around a blind corner you shouldn't go faster you should you should foot break a little bit you should slow down a little bit because it's not going to make a difference as far as like what place you're going to get 
Because if you crash, it's gonna be a whole lot worse than if <laughs> yeah. you're than if you just like slide through at a slower pace. Also, yeah, it sounds like a move you could make if you knew the trail better. Yeah, and as yeah. like the first year for the event, no one's gonna know the trail that well. So, wise to so, take it. It's safe. so long; it's hard to memorize like what's around every what it looks like on every corner. It I do I I can now, but it's taken me a long time to know what's on the next corner on every hill how i should take it if i should take it really fast if i and it's not any worry about speed or if i need to like foot break through there a little bit because i know i could wash out sometimes you'll if you wash out you're washing over a river that you know is not there anymore it's just it's just rocks you know so you could just wash out and end up landing in, in, a, in a pile of rocks and hurting yourself that way too oh. yeah and you're in we're in texas are we going to encounter any uh, wildlife while, while on this trail? Um, Out of curiosity? Yeah, you, you'll probably see deers. Um, you'll see some deers and like some snakes randomly sometimes. Maybe not in, this, in the winter as many mm -hmm. uh, of all of them. But you'll see probably in the mornings you'll see deer um, out there. Um, maybe some bugs are flying around and might get in, get in your way also. <laughs> yeah. So... Um, Nothing to be yeah. super cautious of, though. No, the deers usually just stay to themselves. They don't even get on the trail. They'll see you and they'll get out of the way. Yeah. Um, they might be trying to cross the trail at the time, but they, they usually get out of your way. Um, you know, dog poop, um, poop on the trail. You got to be cautious for that that stuff. Oh, um, JJ knows a little bit about that. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but you, you know, just got to be know. like, cautious about that, that little stuff to you know is there a mud patch there if it rained recently there might be mud patches there might be a puddle that you have to go through or so mm -hmm. also there's areas that are under construction they're adding on the highway and it's just you you go under the highway at one point so there's one called 1604 you go under 1604 and they're working on construction above 64 and below it. So there's always these rocks everywhere too. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's day two. We're going out to a lake circling back. It sounds like there's some, some windiness to the trail. Yeah. There's a turnaround point as well that you turn around that eventually it'll continue on from that point to another trail connection wise, but that's as far as they built so far. So you just have to turn mm -hmm. around and go back on. Um, day two is the easiest of all all three of the days. Um, shortest in distance and then sh easiest as far as overall. You're not really exerting as, you know, it's like a hard okay. 23 or so. It's not like a, a really bad uphill on 23. It's uphill and downhill, but it's mostly casual pushing on there. Anybody can really, that's been, been to a push race, could probably handle it. Yeah, 23 would be, uh, that'd be fun after doing a really long day, doing a mm -hmm. short one. Yeah, because uh, day three is just as hard as day one, if not harder in some in some ways. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Looks like it's less mileage, but it's harder, you think? It is. Um, one area of it is just a bunch of turning. Um, it's it's kind of like switchback stair, you know, chicane kind of stairs kind of. But just as soon as you go down, it turns like a, like 180 degrees. 
like all the way back oh, around okay. and then turns back around 180 degrees as you're going down and there's like guardrails on the side you really can't skate down it like if somebody can on a on a drop through or, or on a, a platform i would be surprised because <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really hard i would I maybe on a top mountain in some of those areas but i wouldn't r- risk it uh personally um and it's it's very steep areas too also very steep con- like as far as you're going uphill a lot section or we're going downhill in other directions and you don't know what's around the next corner you don't know if the next corner has a downhill section or the next one has an uphill section um so you kind of just have to take it like casual you'll only be pushing like at 10 miles an hour you could name you could say oh this fast person is going to go fast but in that section they're going to be going a whole lot slower than they usually are just because they have to prepare themselves for each thing right I it's, think like it's a 10, to, thing. 10 to 12 miles an hour at max is like pushing it, you know, in, it, in that area, you'll, you'll probably be going like 10 miles. He's like, and trying to go at those paces too. And that's just because you're going, you have to turn around a bunch. Well, because you're always constantly turning or getting off your board, uh, pushing uphill and uphill. You know, yeah, that, that, that too not knowing what's around the next corner. You don't want to take it really fast. You want to take it more casual. You know, once you get to the area, you're going to notice that's that way. You're like, um, I should be more cautious and I should be like frugal and keep on going fast and, and risky. Right. It's because of a time, just because of how fast I want to go or whatever. And this is day three, 60 day total three. miles, right? Yeah. And this is at the turnaround section of day three. So this is at the very end of day, day three. A lot of day three is, you know, is nice. It has a long straights. It has, you know, a lot of areas are really nice, nice. You know, you're pushing next to um, the river. It's called the Missions River. San Antonio's Missions. It, it connects like through like the river walk. So like if you ever heard of San Antonio, you've ever heard of like the San Antonio River Walk. Uh, so this starts at the river walk area and it continues on down called the Missions Trail. And the mission shell just goes all the way south. San Antonio continues on that way. Um, so you're pushing next to the river and everything, which is really nice. Um, and like up and down, up and down, like kind of casual as you're going. And there's some good pavement, bad pavement in that area too. You mentioned how most of it's pretty straight and stuff. Is that, since this is all like the same trail, would you say most of the, the ride on like the whole weekend, all three days is pretty much like straight and, and just like rolling Hills. And then there's like these sections in there that are really tough. Or is it like all, you know, is it more, more pe- like rough than that? Um, I mean, there's definitely a lot of turning and carving. It's just like some of it's more at like a slower speed. Um, and, but with like some straight sections and then you get ready for next one and next turn. Gotcha. Externing. Yeah. It definitely seems like a pretty technical course then because the more you know it, the better you know it, the more you can prepare and conserve your momentum for each. Mm -hmm. It's nothing that really like if you have like, oh, I had to slide my wheels like super sideways to make this turn. Like you can just foot brake and go through it. Um, It's not like super technical, but it is like where you can, you're going to have to like remember to have to turn or have to get ready for next turn or so. There's also places where like there's been like movement in the ground, so where the trails like oh. shifted. 
So some of it's like at one placing and then like different kind of levels or is like the big, there's like maybe a, a drop in the trail where you have to hit it at a certain spot to like hit it really well. Mm-hmm. If you hit it at a bad spot, you just, you just won't ride it. You might, you can still ride it through. It's just to take be longer and harder. Mm-hmm. So get through it in that area. Yeah. Just certain sections, I guess I learned over time, like this is a perfect section to hit through it. At like a, at a good speed at if i hit it through over on this side on the right it's not really good if i hit it from the left to the right that's a really good spot because i had the how the roads just out of chills been like moved with placing yeah uh, in some areas it's funny how when you know the road or the ride better you can just get those incremental advantages and like you're saying right like mm-hmm. taking advantage of little dips in the in the uh the trail to kind of like make like a little pump almost almost like a pump track. yeah yeah um yeah that's cool so like day three like yeah you're pushing it starts off you're just pushing really next to the lake and you in the mission mission river um and you're pushing pushing through next to that for a long period of time um it's really actually like relaxing but you still gotta push up some hills and and everything so you have to be kind of like aware of what's up in front of you mm-hmm. uh, uphill downhill which direction do i go um some points you might you could get off trail off track too um it's not very clear as to which way is the right way to go so i'll just have to like mark it in some ways but kind of also just like let people know in that in that day like hey when you come up to the to this big dam portion area you should just go this certain route and, and get back on and you know it's just it's really hard to like to know which direction you should go unless you you've done it before yeah we talked about this a little bit with uh scott on about just event organizing in general and he's like the first Mm -hmm. year is always gonna be rough right so yeah i think everyone will expect to have to do some some thinking on their part in terms of making sure Mm -hmm. they don't make the wrong turn you know yeah Um, yeah and and as long as you make that clear beforehand, right, either through maps or just a good description, I think mm-hmm. is the most you it's the best you can really do. Because even like you said, if people are riding in a group, they shouldn't get too lost, right? Yeah. Well, even then, like you know, most of that group is not going to know the course too. They're <laughs> like, oh yeah, I should go this way, and they're like, what's telling you that go that way though? <laughs> Yeah, it's like when nobody knows the right way it might make it even more difficult. But ideally, right, if the information's there, someone in yeah, that group should yeah. have it or at least access to it, right? Because you can always pull up your phone. Right, and, I, and I'm trying to also tell, like, I want JJ to come out to it. I want to try and see if someone like, you know, JJ that knows a lot of this, this course as well. He knows a lot of these trails also. I want him to be out there skating us too. Or maybe if I can even get Joey to do a couple, like a day or so, that would be cool too. Yeah. So that's uh, JJ Cobb, third place, Ladiga this year, and Joey, yeah. Joey Millet. Joey Millet. Wow. I haven't seen him in so long. Yeah. Would be cool to see him uh, at an event for sure. Love to see yeah, him. Yeah. He's, he's still, he, he, right now he's really into running and jogging and climbing mountains. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, so cool. he's, he's still active. It just, he could do something. He could just, but yeah, he hasn't been skateboarding or longboarding as much. Um, but yeah, he could definitely do like a day or so to come out for. They always come back. They yeah. always come back. Yeah. 
Uh, cool. All right. Yeah. So anything else on day three, we can do an, an overview of all three days as well, but anything specific um, about day three, we, we should go over. Just that whole section of when you got to turn around, turn around at it, it's, so there's a Toyota center where they, they work on Toyotas at, on the South side of San Antonio, really South side, uh, like a manufacturing plant. And then behind that is where the trail is. Okay. Um, and it kind of like goes in the back end of it. You're not going to see it, the Toyota, but this kind of gives you an idea where it is. Um, it's just a bunch of uphill and downhill and S curves and like get off your board, get back on your board, that kind of stuff. Um, and you just like, do I just cut through this all this like, you know, and, and not walk through this whole part and just cut through all this S curves. This is right in front of you. You can just make a jump and you, you cut through a lot of sections. Oh, wow. But like you should walk it if you can or like walk around it. Uh, I see. So you, you bring up a good point there, like hopping a fence or right. If there's like a switchbacks and just yeah, like across hopping them. a guardrail just to just to get over to switchbacks to get over to the next section because you could you could very easily do that in some of these sections. Uh huh. Um, the True Kill in Philadelphia, I believe Earl wanted us to Strava it or have, you know, track it on your own. There weren't too many people who showed up because it was raining. Yeah. It was really like torrential downpour. But <laughs> I'm wondering, are you going to plan to do the same thing and have people track it? Um, I would prefer people tracked it. I'm also going to just go on the honor situation on that and okay. just like tell people, you know, and then there's some sections on just like, yeah, if you, cause it's so S curved, you can just walk straight through it in some areas. Like you're going to have, you're going to have to, um, like you should walk around like the guardrails. You shouldn't just go through underneath them and cut through them. Um, right. but if not going to be like, Oh, did they go all the way down or did they just make a little cut over and go down? <laughs> yeah. You know, cause mostly if everybody else is doing it then in your group, then you can do it too. I would say, but not to the extreme where you're going underneath all the guardrails and everything and that kind of stuff. That's not how they designed it for you to go through it too as well. Kind of want to be nice to the trail and treat it the right way also as well. I feel like. Right. Yeah. Being respectful trail users is very important Yeah, yeah. for the event, especially and the, the image, right? Uh, you're an ambassador for your sport. So yeah. Be, be and, and if you've got, her jumping off of a little bridge, uh, jumping off a little like <laughs> jump just to make it down to a section instead of like walking around it. You know, that's, that's going to, are you slipping and fall and hurt yourself on over some rocks? There's no one out there to come help you. Right. You know, it, it, it's, it's not an easy place to go get you from. Okay. You Good know, to it's, know. It's, yeah. Yeah. Good to know. You're at the South side of San Antonio. It's very secluded over there. There's not a whole lot of living. Not, a whole, not as many people live on the south side as the north side. Okay. Um, and then it's even outside of town too. So it's not even on the south side. It's like outside of town. And that's just for day three. The day three section is pretty remote. Yeah, Otherwise, day three section pretty... is like the furthest outside of town you're going to get. Day one, you're in. You're majorly in town. That's why it's the most, you know, heavily populated area. So you're going to hit a lot of people. When you're skating it um but like day three you're not going to see as many people as many people on the trail we're just skating at skating on that's really neat that um this whole trail sounds so cool like starts from the city kind of goes around to the outskirts and the plan is for it to loop back right is that 
it, it's supposed to make, yeah, like a big loop around the whole city of San Antonio. Um, that would be like a hundred mile loop, basically. Um, it's 77 out and back. So you're looking at like a hundred cause you're not going out and back. Yeah. I'm really curious to see like what it looks like as you continue this event, you know, like right now this is what it looks like and it's already pretty, sounds pretty gnarly, you know? So yeah, very cool. It, it's something that will not get finished until I'm like in my forties. <laughs> yeah. Someone else can <laughs> so carry you the can torch. See how I'm like, yeah, it'll just, but it's going to take a long time to, for it to get finished. That's so all right. that's all right. One uh, mile I'll, at a time. I'll try and continue skating and until then like distance skating. So I'm, perfect like still prepared to do like 100 miles in, in, around circle yeah in a day because that would be the ultimate goal i guess you could say on on this gel it's like be able to do the full 100 in, in a day that would um, be so cool yeah 100 mile day 100 mile loop too mm-hmm. <laughs> start uh, end where you started yeah and and they're working on other ones like in dallas fort worth area that are connecting trails or like making one that connects to austin well, like oh, Houston neat. has a good amount of trail systems too, as well. Yeah, definitely. Texas is cool. It's it's it feels like one of the more like undersung places for uh, really nice like trail systems. Yeah, and the nature's pretty good too. Oh yeah, um, yeah, a lot of trees. There's a lot of coverage. Just it's, even when it's hot, there's certain areas you can like hide under shade. Um when it's really hot it won't be hot in that time of the year but in march but yeah i assume it's just desert everywhere in texas right like <laughs> you know <laughs> i've only been once to austin and when i went i was like oh there's trees here like interesting um but yeah so the full weekend is 160.5 miles looks like um gonna be great i think it's gonna be a really nice time people are gonna have a lot of yeah fun. um so we're doing we're doing breakup days. So you could do just day one or just day two or just day three, or you could do a whole three days if you wanted to. Okay. And um, one thing I don't think we actually covered. At yeah. First so you was... could do like just one day if you wanted to, like we just did day one and you're like, Oh, I'm too, too exhausted. I can't, I don't have the energy to do another day. You're done. Or if you only make it out for that day too, that that's, that's great too. You can just do that one day. Yeah. That's the big thing, right? Is some people can't do all three days. So this is happening in March and it's yeah. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I forget the exact dates. I should have them written down, but I don't. I was like just looking at the Facebook page. Yeah. So March 8th through the 10th. Um, and then it has like a pre-start on the 8th as well at the Insanity meetup at Insanity on the Thursday. You know, if you ever been to like a chief or so, you want to fly in the day before. And, or or that'd be the 7th, right? Like Thursday, 7, 8 nine ten yeah yeah okay so thursday the 7th um we're gonna have up at the at insanity right at the board shop yeah yeah oh that's really cool mm-hmm. just like a you know writer's meeting i want to do there just like to tell everybody what what to expect from the race and then do like your last check-ins and if you need to have sign waivers sign waivers that kind of stuff yeah um I mean, that's really cool that you have a, you like have a venue, <laughs> you know, that's so yeah, cool. Yeah. One of the things we were planning for Ladiga, Carlos and I was where we're going to have that pre-meeting. So like, 
Mm-hmm. We had to rent out some space at the hotel for this year. Yeah, and that hotel is super strict about it all. I, yeah. So you're going to have a pre, pre-event meeting Thursday? Yeah. Uh, um, there's a hotel out? people can stay at that's nearby. I looked it up. It's like 60 to 65 bucks. I'll, I'll probably try and get like a good like call ahead of time, see if I can get like a rate or something. Um, but I would say it's like going to be about $60 per night. And you'd recommend people stay there? For the whole weekend, because you don't need to have a new hotel, right? Because right, I mean, you could get new hotels at, at each area if you really wanted to, but I wouldn't know where where to go to. Too. Yeah, and it, it's so spread out. You could just drive there in the morning, get over there. Only day one is it really going to take so long of the day that you have that you need to get started early. Right. Yeah. Seventy-seven yeah. miles is a long day. Mm-hmm. But that's fine. That's no, fine. Yeah, and, and if some people want, they can they can stay at our in our backyard. If they want to camp or if they want to you know sleep on a couch, like a small amount of people. Camping in Aaron's backyard <laughs> sounds um, like a party. That's just that's just like the the people I kind of like know more know more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I get. It. Yeah. Cool. Um, I love that. I love that mm-hmm. it's logistically pretty straightforward. You just show up in town. Um, Maybe get a rental car if you feel like you need one for your group. Um, but yeah, I feel like how most people do these things, they, they try and link up. Yeah, with I would someone say who has a car, get like a, a group together on. I'll, yeah. pu- I'll push people like, yeah, it's easier if you like get a group rental or, um, you know, if people need to, I can come pick them up too from the airport also. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it'll just it'd get really hard if you had like, you know, not enough cars to go around to get to each spot to start the day at too. Yeah. Yeah. I want to, I want to come to this event, uh, mostly partially cause it looks awesome, but also cause I want to beat JJ Cobb. <laughs> Hopefully he's listening. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, it, it seems like a really nice time. Yeah. These, like multi-day events are, are yeah, awesome. A lot of these like on Strava, JJ actually has a top, king of the mountain does he now? on on these trails on the uh, bike from back from way back in the day on his bike you know, like years <laughs> years ago that's how i like first heard of like jj cobb and i was like oh wait i've seen i've looked at i've heard that name before i've seen him at an i've seen his name at an event before even and i was like oh wait that was adrenalina in, in san diego and that was that goofball that was pushing on roller skate wheels yeah <laughs> yeah and tights and everything. Uh-huh. It looked like he was a cyclist that was at a at a at a skateboarding event. Yeah, yeah. That's that's that was my impression of him first. Was like he had all his his kit on, and you know his cycling mm-hmm. kit on. And he thought and he thought that roller skate wheels were a good idea. Some, a lot of people, some people did they lightweight wheels, but they they learned it was not. Yeah, not in the long run. And like you, you got to try things to know, right? Mm-hmm. it's just you don't have anything that doesn't have anything to grip up on so any kind of lo- small rock or so would just bounce you off and you'll have good traction with them as well so yeah it greatly outweighs the fact that they weigh less uh-huh yeah yeah no this is an excellent point and like adam during his episode elaborated on it pretty well i thought like yeah yeah i remember that it's not the, it's just not the same right like the wheels are in different places and there's four of them, like rollers. Like if you're talking about like inline wheels, right? Inline wheels, yeah. They're there's too skinny. Four. There's nothing for the bounce, the rock to bounce off of. 
Yeah, yeah. Like they can pick that make up. Make you like stop really easily. Like uh, an inline rider is going to pick up their foot to get around a big enough rock or whatever. Right? Like it, it's just different. It's just different. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so that's the pre-event meeting at Insanity Board Shop. Um, are you going to do like a post thing, like at, on day three, or are you going to have like a ceremony? Posting, like like a post-event gathering. After, oh yeah, yeah, afterwards. yeah. Like an after gather, gathering. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. So afterwards, we'll meet up. Um. At the end of day three, um. Probably do like a, a ceremony, like a give, like announce the winners there at the event. We're not gonna like go back to insanity or anything. Okay. Um. That's it's kind of far from the shop. Yeah. Um. And it'll be, you know, kind of later if people want to afterwards. That's where I would be. But I know other people have to be, you know, get on flights, get on planes to go back if they want to, or. Maybe say another day, and then they're flying back on the Monday. Mm-hmm. But they're going to want to get get back home too if they can eventually. Right. Norm- normally, after chief, like you fly back the next day afterwards. It's really hard to get out of Atlanta that same day. At the end of day three, yep. so you usually fly back the next day afterwards. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's what some people will be doing too, or you know, there is an easy flight they can take. They can same day, but you're kind of tired too. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a tough call after a 60 mile day. Sounds like it's going to be a brutal 60 mile day to mm-hmm. then hop on a plane that night. But I mean, some people have to right to get to work. If, mm-hmm. if I could, if I go to this event, I'm going to try and take that Monday off myself, get a little extra time in, in, uh, yeah. sunny San Diego, uh, San Antonio. What are you doing for work right now, Max? For work, I work from home as a software engineer. So, uh, okay. and I technically have unlimited quote unquote paid time off. So I can just take the time as long as, you know, my work's getting done. I won't get yelled at. <laughs> yeah. I could yeah, also take my work with me, but yeah, I'd rather just yeah. work extra during the week that I'm home mm-hmm. and then not have to. Do it yeah. Monday. One of my cousins, he's a software engineer in the, he's like in his forties now, but he, He's work. He lives in San Diego, but he's a lot of times he's been traveling. He traveled to Puerto Rico and lived in Puerto Rico for six months. Ooh. You know, do do work out of a, you know Wi-Fi in Puerto Rico at his friend's place and yeah. go kite surfing and then come back and then stay in San Diego and travel back and forth in different places. Yeah, that's really um, cool. I think the trickiest yeah. part with that is like controlling your rent, right? Right. I mean, he just. I guess he just pays he pays for his mortgage in San Diego, and and now it's a, it was an apartment he was renting. Now it's his, his, he get bought the apartment, um, so he just pretty much just likes to keep that place, and then he just stays at his buddy place. I don't think he he probably doesn't pay his buddy anything for rent. He's staying there. That's cool. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, a lot of my cousins, my dad's side of the family, they're all everybody's like an athlete. They all like to be outside. They all like to be doing some kind of athletic thing. Oh, really? Yeah. So yeah. that's where you get it from. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, all right. We, we talked a lot about Ladiga so far and how that kind of inspired you to, to put on this event a little bit. But is there anything else that like, because you've done Ladiga many times, right? So what what was the final thing where you were like, I got to do this event? Like what really pushed you to do this? Um, I mean, so like, yeah, I've done so many Ladigas. Even the reason I did the last Ladiga was because like, I wanted to prove that I could do it again after I broke my ankle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You crushed so it I too. Was like I want to still be able to do it somewhere at the same kind of pace. It doesn't have to be as fast as, but I just want to do it in the same kind of area timing 
I used to do it and do and finish the DGA again. So and I was kind of worried a little bit sometimes in day three. I just like, just keep on going, just keep <laughs> on going. You, you're going to finish it. It's, you know, it just takes forever. It's boring. This is the boringest race in the world because you're just pushing straight. Just you'll definitely <laughs> be over with it and be done. We'll be enjoying a beer and relaxing with everybody uh, else. <laughs> yeah. Having some pizza. It's always pizza at the and, end. And then there was the rain. You know, it, it didn't rain at all. And then it just started pouring at the end of day three when we were, we were out there and we tried doing an award ceremony. Dude, literally, I started riding out to, to meet the last rider and mm-hmm. the wind is roaring. I'm like, whoa, wind's picking up. We get across the finish line and then it starts pouring. Our last rider, it yeah, was crazy. Yeah. It was so crazy. Just waited right for him to finish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So you're doing this. This is happening in March. Yeah, uh, there's yeah, a Facebook yeah. page with more yeah, details. I'm, I'm expecting like it's going to be might be a low, you know, 20 people, 20, 30 people kind of event, kind of first time. Sounds ideal for something and, like and, this. And, and, but that's kind of what you want. Like, I know what you all like at Chief, for instance, the next one you all want for next this coming year in 24. You all want to do like only what, 30 people. Yeah, that, that was the cap last year, too. We didn't even hit the cap. So and, and we've done once when it was like 45 people. Right. And they had a bus and they have to haul the people on the bus and everything. Right. A lot of logistics and everything. You know, people get lost. People mm-hmm. don't know if they can actually finish every day. Yeah. No. I think the cap is a really nice way to ensure you can keep mm-hmm. things under control. And then if it yeah. becomes like, a, oh, this thing's really in demand, then you can start saying like, oh, all right, we need a, a bigger bus because we're going to have a bus this year for Lydia. But then we might say, oh, we need a bigger bus. Oh, we need more people. And then you can start even hiring people, right? Yeah. Or yeah. looking for donations. With a bus, you have to be there on time. You have to be there when the bus driver wants to leave. You can't just like, oh, that person slept in. They'll be here in like in 20 minutes. No skater time. But you got to be on that bus when the bus driver leaves because that bus driver does not, it's not going to wait around forever on you. Right. They're going to be like, let's go. Let's go. We're, we're leaving. That person's 20 minutes late. We're leaving. They're going to have to find another way to get to the start. And it's, it's exponential, right? Like if you think, oh, we have seven people, that's so much easier than like 14, right? Like getting them from one place to another. Like if you only have one car, you could fit seven people in one car. You can jam them in, right? But if yeah. you have one car, 14 people, that's at probably three trips. You're probably not going to do it in two. And mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. that's like shuttling people around, whatever. Like that's one element of the whole thing, right? So it's like, yeah, okay, well then let's get a big bus. But then it's like who's going to be in charge of hiring the bus, making sure that gets here on time and like how we're going to pay for it. Right. It's all these other things. Mm-hmm. So knowing, and it's a balance, right? Like knowing how much effort needs to be put into these different elements is, is tricky. So like with chief, right. It was the first year it happened in a while. So we had to mm-hmm. kind of um, test the water a little bit. And I think for you, it's the same, right? You're kind of just like, Hopefully 50 people don't show up, right? Right. Yeah. I, I, I think that like it will be probably about 20 people. I'll start registration like at the beginning of the year, um, January. But I think that there'll be probably about like if at most about 20 to 20 people that are doing it in total, uh, 20, 20, 20 in area. Um, I'm hoping to get some of you know, our old friends out there to come and skate that travel, that fly in from different cities. They come out. Yeah. Don't mean to guilt trip people, but I have traveled to quite a bit of the races that you all posted over the years. <laughs> DM, call them out by name right now. I don't care. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> who are we thinking? Yeah. Yeah. Who, who needs to come to Aaron's event? I, I think, <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, I should, I, I want to go, right? It sounds like an awesome time. JJ will be there. I mean, I've also, I, I've, I've hosted a lot of downhill events so, and few events and LDP events in the past. So I have a good experience of it. Oh yeah. And being to so many events too, been, being to so many, I've seen so much stuff, all the situations that have come up and happened over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, the possibilities that can happen in different races, whether it be like, um, Chief Adiga, Ultra Skate, Cali's race, where it was a really long push race she held. Yeah. Central Lakes. Yeah. That seemed like, uh. A really fun one i never got to it uh really cool that you're doing this like stage events there, there's like two ends of the spectrum we've like we've talked about it on the show before where it's like little events that are family friendly and like in your local town at your local park these are awesome because yeah. they're accessible but having these three-day events adds this uh legitimacy to what we're doing not to say yeah. short races aren't legitimate but like this gets mm-hmm. people's attention, like, and, and what you also have to think is like a lot of what we've been doing the past three years in IDSA is just you know virtual racing, right? Ever since COVID, we've been doing virtual races, yeah. And a lot of people, a lot of new people, just got in just in the virtual racing kind of stuff. So they never knew or never seen. Oh, when we had a race series, when we had points series, we had actually going across country, you know, for this race, this race over here, that race over there throughout a season and, and getting points for them and all like you and I have over different years. Yeah. I remember 2015, there was like events everywhere. It wasn't like there was one year where it was like, there were a ton of events in the Pacific Northwest and it was like, yeah. if you lived there, you had a really good chance of scoring a lot of points. But yeah, there yeah. were many other years where it wasn't like that. And even that year was awesome. But like there was one time, I think you and your brother stayed out in the Northwest for like three weeks just oh, to yeah. be able to go to all three, three of the races for each weekend. Yeah, we did and that I twice. Was like, yeah, and I was like, I'm gonna fly back and forth even if I have to. I'll, <laughs> I'll have, I'll just, I'll, I'll do them too. Yeah. So I flew back to San Antonio, left next weekend, flew back. You know, Portland, Seattle, do, did all three of them with y'all too. But y'all just stayed up there the whole time. Yeah, we, um, we drove, we flew out like Friday night, Thursday, whatever. Did the races that weekend, and then camped Monday through Friday like halfway down the coast to the next race and then did the next race that weekend. It was so much fun. So much fun. Highly recommend. And camping outside with your friends is the best time and too, like in Washington camping with yeah. everybody. Not as cold as you might imagine in the fall too. It's actually really nice. Yeah. How do you like the virtual stuff? Do you like the virtual? Are you happy that it's going back to like some racing in the future? Virtual. Well, like yeah. I, so virtual, I, I, dropped the ball on i really should have participated more uh the only virtual thing i've done is the october challenge um and i did i had a lot of fun with that that was so much fun being part of uh green team yeah uh, oh nice nice what are you yellow green team you were green team yeah yeah oh you weren't in the (laughs) chat yeah we had a whatsapp chat i didn't see you there oh i didn't know (laughs) well yeah green team pride where'd it go we did we did pretty well i did like i got like four points in nice yeah i think they're actually announcing that today tonight later on nice uh but i bet scott's busy with his event so i'm oh yeah yeah uh but i i like the virtual because it gets so many people into it from Mm -hmm. across yeah it gets people not everybody can fly out for events so they have the money for it 
So it gets people from other countries, other places that never had a chance probably to ever compete, but they get to it. Yeah. I yeah. think there's been a lot of talk about recently, I've noticed in the social medias about records and record keeping in distance skateboarding and, and how it's honestly very poor, right? Uh, Scott and I talked about it a little bit and he's like not, um, he very much prefers the other side of things where he gets to like make swag and do membership stuff. Right. He's not, he doesn't really, mm -hmm. you know, and I respect that big time, you know, just yeah. focusing on what really matters, which is <laughs> people having fun. Uh, but records are important to some people and they are really cool. Right. So having right. some sort of refined way. For the longest time there was records on pavedwave.org. If you remember the, the paved wave site, uh, there's, there's still records on there, but it just wasn't, it's kind of hard to find like which records for what or like IDSA. They use a time. They use that time score thing. Just good timing thing. It's just it's hard to find the races later on in time to look back and find. Oh, this is the Chief Fadiga of twenty sixteen. Here's your times or you know five k. Here's the times from that race that happened five years ago. Right. You have to really search for it because there's a lot of other events that are kept on those too. Also, so it's just piles on piles on top of it it's so tricky right because like there's there's that element where it's like how do we sort all this stuff there's the fact that different 5k courses different courses are going to ride differently like a, a 5k could be straight downhill the whole time and then the what's going on with the virtual thing is they're all great but every events it's really good to get people out and all and everything everybody's course is different everybody's yeah. you know paul's over here pushing on a in Ireland on a perfectly, you know, S tracked course to do a hundred kilometers versus somebody over in Texas that has potholes pot and their hundred kilometers really messed up and it's the heat and it's hot out there. I couldn't do a hundred kilometers right there in that heat. Cause it just, it was in the summertime for us. So mm -hmm. I just didn't, I didn't, I didn't do it. Um, Scott and I had a long, lot of talking about this too, asking him to move the date last year when they did a hundred K it ended in October. Oh, cool. Um, I was able to do even two 100 Ks in October. And, you know, I finished them both. Um, but this year, it ended before October and it started in June. So it was like June to like September. You had a time to do 100 K. Like, oh, yeah, that's perfect amount of time, Aaron. That's so much time. I'm like, you know how hot it is? Yeah. In September. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you give me two months, three months. It, it's hot during that time. Yeah, yeah, that's the <laughs> that's why I did time it in October because it just eventually that was when it got cool. Yeah. Um, and then Scott, he did a hundred. He tried to do a hundred k in Florida, and he couldn't finish it because it was too hot for him. So he finally like, you're like, oh yeah, Aaron's right. Like, this, this, this is not gonna. This isn't gonna work for some people. So warm. It was crazy mm -hmm. hot this summer. Crazy hot records in general if if they're going to be legitimate there needs to be some sort of record keeping body that determines yes this is a legitimate race and with the virtual thing you just really can't do that like and that's yeah. why it's it's great because it's community building which is the most important part and and i mean that's what adam's trying to do this weekend at skate camp i mean he's trying to do the do the marathon in an hour and 30 out under an hour 30 um and it has to, and it has to be like well recorded. It has to be, you know, somebody has to say, oh yeah, Adam cost Adam 
turned around and, and went the other direction at the halfway mark. He didn't just like cut early. We know he's not going to, but just, you know, some kids yeah. say he cut early without like any kind of proof, you know, yeah. no tracking, no somebody saying, Oh yeah, he touched the pole and turned around or he just, you know, didn't, he just turned around, you know? Right. And it's, it's not even like, is this person going to maliciously cheat the record? Like if someone like, the whole idea is you don't know for sure, right? Like, yeah, and that's yeah. just it. There's this little like margin for some sort of discrepancy in the timing, in the distance that you, you can't like, once there's that variable, it's like, okay, well then these records aren't the same. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's also just the outside of it. Like, you know, back in the day, we were always worried about like if people were using steroids in skating or some, some, <laughs> oh, yeah. some people might be oh, yeah. like jacked in skating because we weren't testing. We don't, we didn't do any kind of tests. A lot of those sports, they do tests in different ways. You mm-hmm. know, and we're just like going off trust system. Sure. You know, we know that Andy's a really good skater. We know this person's a really good skater or this one's really fast. You know, we can expect good times out of them, but you know, we've never, we never do like any kind of testing and that stuff too. In the broader scale of it, somebody you know could get away with it using that without not getting tested on. I remember uh, before an event one one day, we were looking at someone's pre workout pre, whatever pre workout. I guess it was something like that, mm-hmm. and uh, we looked at it. And we we're like, this has an amount of caffeine that would be considered uh, disqualifying in like the tour de France, you know, <laughs> like, like, Oh no. Yeah. Some people like I, mean? I took a Red Bull before I took like three Red Bulls before I started this 5k or, or like, they're just like really hypered up. I'm like, I did not do that. And yeah, I didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Everyone's different. There, there is ways that you can like, like test it. The test is like not, they're like using something that's illegal. Basically, like even if it's not steroids, there's other stuff you can use that they don't, testosterone boosters that they don't allow in there um i know jay he has a like a medicine full of, of medicine he takes yeah there's also kinds of stuff you can take right like uh and we're not you know we're not looking for it any not yet so who knows right i mean the rules have to be there too first in order for it to really matter so i don't think we really have those those rules in place all we have is the idsa and like um, there might need to be like a second entity that focuses on records and uh, kind of like what you're talking about, like uh, substances, right? What is legal and illegal? Um, yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about today that we didn't cover? doesn't have to be related to skateboarding at all. Um, I mean, just, you know, don't forget about uh, skate shops, your local shop in your area, you know, longboard shop, skateboard shop in your area that you go to. Um, yeah, you know, some people that they ask us to get stuff in and we have to order it in specifically for them. You can't always hold everything. We can't always know what you want to get in. So you have to sometimes be willing to ask them to get stuff in too. Um, it's not just about, oh, I want to support just, you know, rain or Pantheon directly, but also maybe buying it through a shop and then you're supporting them and a shop, you know, you're supporting both. Um, you know, you're buying your wheels from Aaron, you're buying, they still, Jeff still gets money from that too. Um, and then pushes me to go out and buy more wheels too. Yeah. Or it pushes me to go out and buy more decks from Pantheon. And I don't order just like one deck. I'll order 10 or order 15 decks of them at a time. Oh, wow. 
um, and he, he makes big investments on on his on his brand, for instance, for Pantheon. If you ever seen like his his like garage, it's got full of decks and decks and decks that he's ordered in there from overseas, and, and you have to invest a lot of money and get and order a lot of boards at the same time because it's a far distance to yeah. travel. Um, done, you know, yeah, it's good to have like I got a sale, a discount on wheels. I got like them twenty percent off, twenty dollars off because they're used or so off off the BST or so buy sell trade pages, but sometimes buy new stuff, buy new gear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know? keep the shops <laughs> running. Uh, buy new bearings or so. We do a lot more than just sell stuff, <laughs> and we support a lot of people. Support the scene give people a place to come hang out at, you know, local community, just come over and hang out with us. A bunch of Brahms, a bunch of kids that just come over and hang out sometimes over the years or people that I've seen, they were Brahms and they first started off and now they're full grown adults or in their twenties and they've grown up with a shop behind them the whole time. Um, So it's just, you know, that kind of community or that kind of stuff is what we kind of need. So like this whole idea, like, like growing up skate shops for me were like the coolest places to hang out, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I love how you're, you're continuing that and, and keeping that tradition alive. Yeah. You have to have a, a very inviting area. People aren't going to want to come there in the first place too, as well. Right. Yeah. No, that's a great point. Being friendly when people walk in, making sure they, you know, are, are comfortable and, mm-hmm. you know, feel welcome. That's great. I love that. Yeah. So also, I guess just, you know, shout out to Insanity Board Shop. That's where I work at. That's where I've been at for the past 11 years, uh, selling long boards and skateboards. Good, you know, really good ones, you know, high performance boards that you can go fast on, do downhill, free riding, long distance pushing on, all that kind of stuff on. And skateboarding, already skateboarding and stuff, protection, protective gear. Mm-hmm. You know, we help people get to races, help riders skate, um, we did that insanity group insanity at the last ultra skate, for instance, we paid for the, their entry fees um, through our sponsorship uh, as a, as an event sponsor. Um, but they didn't have pay for the entry fees on there. And like everybody wore like a insanity uh, shirt vest. You remember seeing that? Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Like our team vests. Uh, it's just fun things like that where like we, you know, not just that we you know my friends will go out and they'll skate downhill together in California make meetups in the past so they've gone to other other states and do downhill together with meet up with friends mm-hmm. and skate just all those connections you get to make with other people too that you wouldn't have if it was like an online store only or if it's just like you have to have a, a good shop or community around that base pretty much yeah there, there's no replacement for that like human connection you know yeah yeah it's, it sounds like you know insanity board shop is a place that curates that Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and I mean, I, we try to. We've, we've grown up in Texas and like behind this other shop called Carve Longboard Shop. So it was like Carve Skate Shop that started up back in the day. Uh, and they had a location in Houston and Austin, Texas. And they had like a lot of, you know, longboards. It was basically like, you know, we got a motion, but like it's in San Antonio, in Texas called right. Carve. Um, they went around the country racing, you know, touring, downhill racing, downhill skating, that kind of stuff too. Um, and we were kind of like the smaller stepbrother to them, like the younger stepbrother. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, there's other, there's Noble, Noble Longboarding oh, yeah, yeah. or, um, you know, other little companies that started up on the way that helped and make the scene what it is. Um, 
And then eventually nowadays, you know, Carve ended up having to close up. They couldn't last forever. They can stay open forever uh, for certain money issues, money problems. Um, and then they closed up and now you know, we're, we're still holding it down in this insanity years and years later on. And then, you know, some of those people are in Houston and all they're still skating. Um, they, they try and get together and everything, but it's not, I don't feel like it's like it used to be. Mm. Like where they could just go and hang out at Carve and they could just go hang out at the couch and relax for hours and just talk to the other guys and have like a safe space that safe space they could go to and hang out at. Right. Drifting I mean, yeah. cars, drifting in cars or whatever else they want to they want to do the time with. <laughs> um hobbies <laughs> out there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> People can do other things if they want to. Yeah, yeah. It's just you kind of right, but you gotta come back to yeah. do skating too also <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um are you going to ultra skate yeah i was gonna ask you so are are you gonna be there next is that your next thing that's my next thing um so i didn't register for ultra skate um i don't plan on registering for ultra skate okay i think if i'm gonna next time i do an ultra skate if i'm not doing 200 um, i don't want to be competing okay um not not because i don't want to be competing it's just because like i can use that money to money is very tight and we just you know we're using it everywhere we can on on expenses for family yeah um so like if i have a thousand you know for old skate that could be used for for us yeah you know or i have a thousand to go for chief ladiga that's a thousand i could be using for us mm-hmm. um paying bills or paying off my car or paying for the house or paying for groceries or something like that paying for more clothes and, and those kind of events, you know, there'll be a 25 ultra skate. There'll be a 25 chief of the uh-huh. You know, they'll be oh, there. Will. down. Yeah. They'll be there down the line. And now, um, you know, I want to, if I'm not ready to get the 200, if I'm not ready to get the 250, I can, I can wait a year, you know, cause, cause I've already done it so many times too. At the same time, I already got 150. I've already got 205 times. It's, it's not, it, it's not as much that pushes me anymore. Yeah. It seemed like you had a lot of fun last year with the team. I remember seeing you, yeah. you seemed like you had a good yeah, time. Yeah, that was a, that was a good, that was something I wanted to do. I wanted to do a team skate and like get like guys in Texas to do something fun. Um, that was a really good time. We got over 300 miles and that was something that was, it was different because like you kind of have to, you're pushing, but you get off, you get off your board and you have to go back on your board, off the board, back on the board. So your muscles start relaxing. They think they're all like, oh, I can chill. I can relax again. And then you're like, no, you got to go out again. You got to go skate again. I, I think that makes sense, right? Have your priorities in a row yeah, and, yeah. and just make Last sure. Last year, I, I or, or earlier this year, I did those events. I did ultra skate. I did Chief Ladiga. And I still had the kids with me. But I did those events because I was like, well, I already paid for them before I had the kids. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Let's do it one more time. Let's go out and finish these off do it one more time each have fun and then if you know if the money's there later on you can go back and do it again but because you already paid for them let's just go ahead and do them so like canceling events canceling this and just like not doing them i want to just already go ahead with what i was planning on doing Mm -hmm. um in those events and then let's see if i wanted to do it the next year or so too i'm not going to do chief ladiga also mainly because i want to get ready for my event and i just want to do that one yeah Um, I'm, i'm kind of also just Bored of the, I'm not bored of the people at Chief. I'm bored of the route of Chief Ladiga. I can understand that. Yeah, I mean, and maybe bored is is not the correct word. Maybe it's more like 
like how much is it worth it like for the monetary investment to go skate the trail you've skated already right obviously hanging out with people is great hanging out with the people is great it's the endless miles of straight flat yeah. straight straight away that i'm just like uh, just keep on pushing straight yada 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 let me think about something i don't know what to think about but i'll think about something while i'm pushing in a straight line for endless amount of hours until until we're done with day three uh-huh <laughs> i mean it's fine if you've never done before it's, it's not that bad but when you've done it so many times it, it, it you can see how it kind of gets repetitive i way. think it's a bit of a rite of passage for any yeah. long yeah, totally. long distance skateboarder yeah i think one time you and your brother took it easy and y'all just like stopped on one of the days and just like chilled at the lake yeah like day, three, day three we, we dunked in the river yeah in the river day three that was so much just fun stayed there for a little while and then what you did last year too was just like you just like helped out with your your volunteer that was great too right and like i skated a little bit out from the aid stations Mm-hmm. And it wasn't long before I was like, wow, this sucks. <laughs> like, like this is fun, but it, it sucks already. Like I haven't even been out here that long. So, uh-huh. Uh-huh. you know, I, I'm always jealous when I don't go to the, the events, but when I'm there, I'm yeah. just like, why am I, <laughs> why am I so envious? I think you're I think we're jealous because we don't see our friends as much. We're like, I didn't see this friend. I didn't see mm-hmm. this person. I didn't see that person like to connect with, yeah. like to talk with for a long time. And then you're like, when's the next time I'm going to see them? Probably like in probably six months or something like yeah. a long time in between. It's funny how we, we see each other every, almost every year. In some cases, a lot happens in a year, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I was telling uh, Ivy about this yesterday. Like so many of these people like you and like other people, right? Um, Juan Molina mm-hmm. came to mind and like Andy, right? Earl. It's good. Mm-hmm. Like, you guys have all been characters in my life, right? Yeah. So like 10 years ago, it was like, oh yeah, Aaron's the guy who owns the skate shop. He comes to the events. <laughs> like you would bring me stuff to ultra skate, right? Like gear. But now yeah. it's like been like 10 years. You guys are like my friends, right? Like, <laughs> it's not so much like you're just characters in my life. It's like we're friends who like see each other so sporadically, you know, it's fun. Uh, but yeah, Aaron, uh, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Social media. Anything we want to plug before we sign up? Yeah. Um, so Insanity's on all social, like Facebook, Instagram, or even on Twitter, but we just use it as like it just reposts from, uh, from Instagram. Mm-hmm. So I would say the most one that we care about is Instagram on there. Gotcha. Um, Insanity BS uh, stands for Insanity Board Shop. And then same thing with our website. It's, it's insanitybs.com. But if you also search insanityboardshop.com, you'll find us that way too. Okay. It redirects it to it to InsanityBS. Oh, nice. Yeah. And, you know, we're up to date. We're trying to be really professional about, like, how we present our website and present everything to people. You know, it's a long time in the making. Like, whereas, like, you know, I went from, like, not caring about a website. Like, eh, I don't need to do a website. That's something, you know, big online shops, they're already handling that. that. They're fine with it. So I was, like, pushing myself to, okay, Try a little bit, try a little bit, you know, put it online. Uh-huh. You know, if you don't do it great, if you don't make a whole lot of sales, that's fine. But we're just, at least we're trying out there to push, push the next envelope to next level, you know, of, of showing off our stuff to where now the point, like the guy that we were working with this past couple of years on making our website, he made an app that you can help that helped you build like completes. 
Oh, so you neat. Can say, like I want a Pantheon board and I want, you know, this specific truck, this specific wheel on there. And it looks like you're building it customly in the store, but you're building it through an app on a website. And he, you know, did all the back end um, coding work for it um, to bring it to life. And it, you know, I just do the maintenance on there and it, and it could help you really build some really nice completes on there. For someone that doesn't know how to build like a long an LDP complete or like a downhill board, a freestyle, you know, skateboard builds too. Uh -huh. uh, I feel like every big shop has a way to build like some basic complete on their website if they're really good. So that's kind of like what we wanted to do with this is like take it to that next level to where you could actually build a complete without having to hop through like the whole website to build it. Gotcha. Going through like page by page by page. It's just all on one page and you just click a button, click a button, drop through, you know, look at your options and choose, you know, it even shows you the price that you're, that you, what you've chosen as you're building it. Like, oh, these pairs trucks cost this much, you know, $64 or these seismic wheels cost $105 or Pantheon cameras, whatever price they are too. It'll show you that on there, the breakdown as you're choosing things. And if you want to change it, you just choose something different on there like a different set of wheels. That's so cool. Yeah. And, and people have used it. They've utilized it. Um, mostly whenever we're doing like an advertisement, these, these ads I've made on Instagram, um, but people have been, have used it sometimes randomly to, to place orders with, and they'll just like build a complete on there and then, and then we'll get the order and then we just, we build, we'll build it and send it off to them. Yeah. The online shop's huge. That's what I use, right? Yeah. It's hard about online because, like, I'm not right there in front of you to help you. Mm -hmm. You know, some people like that experience because they don't, ha they feel like they don't have somebody that's pressuring them to buy something that they don't necessarily need to buy because you're online. You can, like, see on your own time and at your own pace and everything. Um, but at the same time, you don't get the advice of, of, like, of, of like, the shop worker, the shop employee, me on there. Um, yeah. unless you message me and ask me something, um, you don't get our kind of like input on stuff too. Um, which is why I feel like that build a board thing is, is so helpful in a, in a way too. um, on there. Yeah. Communicating with an expert is, is a huge asset. I think that people under, yeah, yeah they, so many places they're trying to re replace their phone service with like an, an AI generated instant messages kind of system. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even that's just like, it's like, it, yeah, it kind of works, but it's not really that great right. on, a, on a real world level. It's not like you're speaking to an actual person. Yeah. I always struggle with those. They, they don't really like do quite enough. Right. It's always like I end up having to talk to someone anyway. Right. Yeah. I just try and get to a person as quickly as possible. I'm like, get me to a person, customer service. Yeah. Yeah. Give me an agent. <laughs> yelling at the robot <laughs> awesome hey well again really appreciate thanks for coming on talking about your event yeah yeah um, thanks for having me it was funny hearing my name mentioned in a couple of them <laughs> yeah you've been mentioned a few times it's a good thing we got you on yeah a angel was talking about how he raced you yeah <laughs> it's funny he was saying that like you know aaron fell down and aaron passion where he like got into an accident and and the border out into the lake, into, <laughs> into, the, into the ocean, he had to go get it. And Aaron Matter. And I'm like, yeah, no, I've, a lot of races I've 
ended up injuring myself or 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 so in some way. Well, the <laughs> funny thing was having having an interesting story for some reason. Yeah, but like you caught up to him, right? And that seems to yeah, always be the case. Yeah. Is like it doesn't seem to affect you. It's just you have these crazy things happen to you. Well, no, yeah, like at like ultra skate in Dutch in 2016, I, I hit some, so do you know about this one story? Oh, it was your birthday. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like my birthday. I was turning 26 and I was in Dutch ultra skate and we were pushing the ultra skate, you know, that one. And I was pushing a group of three for like a good amount of time draft during. And I, this is when I was like my most like, you know, healthiest fastest kind of time area mm-hmm. that was really good health wise and everything i was like pushing draft and we were just pushing fine we were over 100 miles we've done like 100 miles together and then these two like random guys jumped into the draft train um i don't remember who they were they were just like some european guys uh-huh. and they jumped into our draft with us and we started pushing in a group of five like maybe five or maybe even might have been six but I was kind of in the, in the back end of it, and one of them was pushing, and they like flipped my wheel. Oh, they hit my wheel, um, and made me like fly forward, um, and my face just like hit the pavement like this, and like I got like messed up on the face, like here and like here and like on the top end. Um, it was like kind of we'd already done like over a hundred miles. So it's already like, on, like towards like halfway through the day, um, getting towards nighttime there. Mm-hmm. The sun sets really late over there. So it just may have gotten like towards that time, but it was still, it was like maybe six o'clock at night. It was like, we'd already done a hundred miles in there. In there. Um, I was on probably pace to do two fifty that day. Um, it was, I, I was smacked your face to the pavement. That sucks health and everything was my best I've ever been. Like as far as the times I've gotten over 200 and all two, I felt like my best as far as like healthy was like right now you see a lot of people trying like, Oh, I'm going to go do 300 miles, but I've never done an ultra skate before. You know, I want to go, you know, break a record, but I've before. never done it before. I've never even done an ultra skate before. And it's like, yeah, it's really nice to say, or nice that you've trained for it and you think you're okay. You think you're ready, but then you get out there and you've done that first hundred miles. You're like, shit, this is hard. I just did a hundred miles. My body does not feel the same. It did felt when I was, I just done 20 miles. Now I've done 120 miles. My body feels like it's about to fall apart. How am I going to continue pushing not only just uh, 80 miles, another 180 miles to 300. That's just how it feels all the time at ultra. It's just like, how am I going to do this? I, I feel like, you know, newer people are, they think it's more, I think it's easier than it actually is. And they, 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 they just think it's going to, it's easier to do 300 miles or so, but 300, for instance, that's 12 and a half miles an hour for 24 hours. Right. Right. That's no joke. So that, that's an extremely fast pace for a long time. Most of my training, I do like, 11 like 11 to 12 miles an hour pace and and that's like five to six minute miles five minutes to six minute miles and that's 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 still right there is hard that's that's hard too really tough i mean it's it's tough to keep over such a long period of time and stay focused like it's crazy and a lot of the reason why those guys are doing they're able to do over 300 is because they're in a draft they're in a draft that they're carried with 
in the Dutch one, they'll they stick in the draft better than they do in the U.S. draft in, in Miami. There'll be like a 13-man draft, and it's like you can push in the middle of it, and you're not feeling any win resistance at all. You're not trying at all. You're just you're just pushing. You're just chill pushing, but you're going like 12, 13 miles an hour on the loop, and you're just like, that was going that fast? Yeah. But then in Miami, you're like, it's so spread out, and then some sections, it's really like pushed in congested and you have to get around somebody in a tight lane uh-huh. and in other spots it's really spread out on the on the ends it's really spread out so it's really hard to like stick in a pack like that it's mostly becomes like a straight train kind of pack where it ends up being like just a straight train yeah both uh, end up forming and it ends up being like separated out towards like there's one here and then there's another one like a quarter of a mile back or so the uh, the Miami drive trains are a little weak, if I'm being honest. Yeah, you ha- you hadn't been out to Dutch yet. No, never. Yeah, not once. Maybe this. Maybe 2024. Hopefully, four? if they can they get it back up and going, they didn't they didn't do it this year. Yeah, yeah. They did that one. They they did that one in the UK, which was nice. They did one over there in the UK. I'll probably be uh, going to that. Yeah. Yeah. That one seems like a homegrown one too, where it's just like Miami is kind of, you know, big time. Whereas like Dutch is more like a like homegrown background community kind of base where it's mm-hmm. like they have a small budget. They it's very small price, you know, entry fee and everything too. They even they had a hundred people though at that event that event. Yeah, there. Dutch so is pretty big nice time. Too, the one at Dutch. They're pretty big time. Yeah. Just not as much of a spectacle. Yeah, no, the course is not. It's not. It's not a speedway. It's not yeah. a Miami speedway. It's not Miami, Florida, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> even even if, when you think it's Miami, like no, it's not Miami. It's Homestead. It, it, that's 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 fifty miles south of Miami. That's that's it's driving a long way from Miami or Fort Lauderdale when you fly into to get to Homestead. <laughs> not quite Miami. I've just been on a lot of trips. I've I've done the full you know thing as far as like you know going out to events and like going to Dutch and like last year before I went to Dutch and like made a trip. I stayed there for two weeks and then I came back. That was really fun. And That's I was right before it. ended up being right before COVID hit us all. So it was like a good time to do one last hurrah before COVID. That was a that was a good good experience. Yeah, that's um, the way to go. I went to that ultrascape, but I had very little sleep. So I was like falling asleep in the middle of the ultrascape. Hmm. So I didn't do as much as I, as I should have or I could have that year. Um, just flying. You have to really take your time or go ahead of time. But Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I got to get on my board today. Yeah, go for it. Go, go out there. Have I'm a good go do that. I really appreciate you taking all this time you out of your uh, day. Spava? What's that? I'm on Strava. Yeah. 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 But yeah, we took a lot of time out of your day. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me on here. Thanks for inviting me over. Get the word. You are very welcome. Anytime. Yeah. Anytime. Yeah. And always good seeing you. <laughs> always good. Yeah. And um, we'll stay in touch. I'll, I'll post about the event, but I'll probably ask you more questions as time goes on. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. If anybody has questions, just let me know about the event or, and I'll be happy to answer them give you some answers yeah sweet awesome thanks aaron yeah good seeing you max you too